As always. Later. All right, everybody. How you doing? It's your boy, Harbaugh Hards. Welcome back to another edition of Hanging with Harge, uh, Texas Sports Unfiltered. This is the place where you can get all of your information. These guys have been doing a lot of great work. I know there's a lot that's going on. We got the NFL that is starting off, but I'm your host, Harbaugh Harge, and I represent the 254 and the 512. Make sure you like, subscribe, tell five friends to tell five friends, and everybody can be friends and come and hang with us. You can also follow us on Instagram at Texas Sports Unfiltered, also on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, this is a big, big week right here. Football is back, and I cannot wait. Tonight, we have the NFL kicking off with our man Patrick Mahomes, boy. Patrick Mahomes is going to be taking the field. They're going to be raising the banner. There's so much that's going to be going on in Kansas City. Kansas City is the prohibited favorite, again, to make it back to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going to get into my predictions in just a minute so we can talk about it. we got a special guest coming on at 1120, my man Storm and Norman Watkins. He will be joining us to break down what he's seen throughout the past couple years with this recruiting class of the University of Texas, what he's seen from the coaching staff with Coach Sark and all the moves that he's making. And we'll be talking about, of course, the game, Alabama hosting the Texas Longhorns on ESPN. If you do not have ESPN and you need to find a place to go watch it, <laughs> good luck with that. But I know Cover 3 will always have it for you. Make sure you go and check out the folks over at Cover 3. But I want to get into this a little bit right now. Before all of this uh, football talk kind of takes over, we have to definitely talk about – good morning, Sal. Good to see you, brother. Glad you're always checking us out. We've got to talk about these – Houston Astros, but more importantly, we have to talk about these Texas Rangers. Obviously, the Houston Astros have been doing an amazing job. They've been banging the baseball all over the place. Last night, we thought we were going to have a Hall of Fame uh, pitching matchup. What up, CB? Always glad to see you checking in, my brother. We thought we were going to have one hell of a pitching matchup, and it did not turn out to be that way. We also got a chance to see what this Texas Rangers baseball team, what we thought this Texas baseball team was going to be, they are fading fast down the stretch. And that is something that is worrisome if you're a Texas Rangers uh, baseball fan. I went, like I told you before, I went to spring training. I thought this team was built different. I thought there was going to be an opportunity for the Rangers with all that offense that they have and all the moves that they made in the offseason on the pitching staff. You thought this could be a banner year for the Texas Rangers. But instead, we're getting the exact same thing that we got over the years, a team that cannot finish down the stretch. So let's break down some of these numbers right now. On September the 4th, first game of the matchup, and yesterday we talked about how I thought that fan in Houston got that mojo going for them when they went up to Arlington and had a chance to take on the Texas Rangers, who at the time was right in the mix. But on Monday, the Astros won 13 to 6. On Tuesday, they won 14 to 1. And last night, they won again 12 to 3. So the Rangers were outscored in a three game series, three games. 
39 to 10. That is just awful baseball. Terrible. Terrible. And here are some of the reasons why I believe that these Rangers are going to have, as my man CB says, and I'm going to pull him up on here, one of the worst collapse in Major League history if the Rangers miss the playoffs. I have no, no doubt about that, CB. And here are some of the reasons why you sit here and you look at it. On June 23rd, the Rangers led the AL West by six and a half games, June 23rd. And by August the 15th, that margin was down to three and a half. But the Rangers still had that nice record. They were 72 and 48. They had won 12 of their 14 games after they acquired Max Scherzer, Jordan uh, Montgomery, Chris Stratton, and catcher uh, Austin Hedges, who's now, this, that happened at the deadline, who's now been pitching in more games than he's been catching in. Think about that. Austin Hedges, who is a catcher, has pitched in more games than I've seen him catch in the actual games. And now look at where we are. The Rangers have dropped um, out of first base. I mean, first place in this series. It has been, they've been outscored, as I just said, as they were playing the Astros. The Rangers now trail the Astros by two games and the Mariners by one game in the AL West. And they're half a game behind the Blue Jays for that third AL wildcard spot. Their playoff odds, according to Fangraph, has come down to 55.6%. And that's being generous, I would some would say. Because if you've been watching these Texas Rangers and what they've been up against, they are not a good-looking baseball team right now. So then you also got to look at the biggest issue of what we've been talking about, the pitching. You go out and get Jacob DeGrom. You sign a big deal for him. His arm is busted up. He's out. You bring back Nathan Uvalde. You, and he pitched the other day, and he looked like he was a shell of himself, and he got shelled. Then you also got to look at Martin Perez. As I said, he was an all-star before, and now you've got him coming out of the bullpen. And he was not effective the other night. And then Andrew Haney, who Martin Perez pretty much came in the same game he pitched the other day, and they were both terrible. So for me, as you look at this Texas Rangers baseball team, and let's not forget about their bullpen. Their bullpen is, is terrible, awful. And if you're a Texas Ranger fan, that is something that you are looking at and you said, where did we miss the mark? All the free agency, not even free agency, the trade deadline. And one of the players that you went out and got on June 30th was a Roldis Chapman. You got him from the Royals. His ERA and his last six appearances as a Texas Ranger, don't forget, he comes off the mound. He's a big dude. He thinks that he got everything figured out. Coming downhill, staring at everybody like he's, you know, got that Machado about him. He's got that Magusta. He's ready. But no, he's got an ERA of 7.94 right now. And that is the problem in that bullpen. I brought up Will Smith yesterday. Can the Rangers fix that collapse? Uh, my odds are telling me right now, I'm going to go with a hard no. And I hate saying that because I, I was on it. 
I was on the Rangers bandwagon. I talked about Corey Seager. I talked about Marcus Simeon. You talked about Uraldis, uh, 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 Garcia, right fielder. They had six starters. I mean, six players on the field in the all-star game, the Texas Rangers deal. And Bruce Bochy, I'm with you, Chris, CB. I'm with you. Bruce Bochy is the man. He's got to try to figure this out. And right now he's having a tough, tough time figuring this whole thing out. It is stressful if you're a Texas Ranger fan. But as a Houston Astro fan, I know you got your chest bowed out, you're walking around, and you got it going on right now. You feeling like, okay, we can make another run. And I believe you can. You got you got uh, Jose Abreu yesterday. Seven RBIs. Big game for him. Now if he starts to get hot with that lineup that you have already. Yeah. And then that pitching. Verlander went out there, dealt. Looked like he was supposed to look and felt like he needed to make a big move. And that's exactly what he did. So shout out to our man, Justin Verlander, and shout out to the Houston Astro fans because now you can still walk that walk because they still haven't caught you yet. Texas Rangers, they thought they were ready to play, but they were not. And you got Manny, you got uh, the catcher Machado, was it Machado? Maldonado, excuse me, Maldonado hitting home runs. You know it's going to be a long time if he's out there doing that too. So let's just remember that. Let me transition a little bit as we get into the NFL before we get my man Storm and Norman Watkins out there. I wanted to talk a little bit about what you've seen from this uh, NFL season getting ready to start. There's been a lot of players that have been sitting out, but now they're starting to come around. My man Nick Bosa had a huge payday. And they say he's going to be ready to go on Sunday too, by the way. He had a huge payday getting Five-year extension, $170 million with 122 guaranteed. The highest paid non-quarterback contract in NFL history. So obviously that makes him the highest paid defensive player in the league and let alone the highest paid player in the league. But let's, let, let's talk about tonight. NFL kicks off. Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the Detroit Lions. Fighting Dan Campbell's huge fan of the Detroit Lions. They were my surprise team last year. I think they were the NFL surprise team last year with what they were able to do. And I believe that they're going to come out and they're going to play well. But let's be honest, they're taking on the defending Super Bowl champions. And let me add one more piece to why I believe that tonight the Kansas City Chiefs begin their trek to be back into the Super Bowl. Did you know? Week one starts, week one starts for one Patrick Mahomes. Don't call him Pat. His mama call him Patrick. You need to call him Patrick. Patrick Mahomes. In 2018, he threw for 256 yards and four touchdowns. In 2019, he threw for 378 yards. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that game where he threw for 378 and three touchdowns, I believe that was the game against the Rams against one Jared Goff where they put up unbelievable numbers as they battled back and forth. In 2020, he went for 211 and three touchdowns. In 2021, 
He went for 337 yards and three touchdowns. And then in 2022, he went for 360 with five TDs. So it's safe to say, if you were going to be a wagering person and you wanted to look at odds of him throwing two or more touchdowns, I think you take that chance. I think you definitely take that chance and put that little wager out there. Now, the one number is 287 and a half yards passing. It's a lot of yards against the fighting Dan Campbells. I just need to figure out what's happening with this. My boy Chip Brown just told me, he said, they got to end the Bobby Lane curse. Come on, Lions. What you got? In the curse. Bobby Lang, get it figured out. But yes, I'm curious to what exactly is going to happen tonight when all the hype, all the, the Chiefs fans are going to be going crazy. They're getting the banner raised. They got the Super Bowl rings and, and all the excitement. You know what it's like to be an Arrowhead. Those fans are going to be whew, turned up for sure. But the excitement about the NFL being back, the excitement about all of your favorite teams having their opportunity to lead and, and think that they got that shot at a championship until they get punched in the mouth. And then you realize we're not as good as we thought we were. We're actually, like Dennis Green likes to say, we are who we thought we were. That's why you got to play the game. That's why you got to play the game. I want to continue the conversation about the NFL because there's been a lot made of who the predictions are, who do you like, who is your favorite team, what uh, team do you think is going to be uh, in the Super Bowl. My biggest threats, I'm going to continue to, to, to pull for my Cowboys, but you know that the Philadelphia Eagles are uh, in the mix. They, just, they were the runner-ups last year, uh, losing to Kansas City in the Super Bowl. But here's the deal. Coming out of the AFC East, there's a lot. A few months ago, I was all on Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. And I still like what they're doing. But I always go back to Aaron Rodgers and who he is and what, what happens to Aaron Rodgers and can he win those big games? He's new. He's been, I thought for sure him being around the team has been good. I thought for sure when uh, he went to New York and, and he engaged in practices and really took on New York, I thought that was going to work. And then watching him on Hard Knocks, I was like, man, I'm starting to like Aaron Rodgers. Matter of fact, he's on my fantasy football team. So it's just, I'm like, this is what it's all about. I got you on that. I moved it around. Appreciate you. Uh, but I sit there and I'm looking at it and I'll say, can Aaron Rodgers do this? But then I look at that AFC East. and I'm like the Buffalo Bills. The Dolphins are coming. The Patriots still don't know what they're going to do. I think they're going to be fair. I think they're going to be all right. But I got to stay with the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, I pick you to win the AFC East, the AFC North. It's hard to go against Mike Tomlin. He hadn't had a losing season. I think he's got a good quarterback in Kenny Pickett. I love their tight end, Fearmouth. Uh, the running game is going to be good. Najee Harris is, is a baller for me. 
but I got to roll with the, the Baltimore Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson is, seems to be a happier player. I think he has more of an opportunity uh, with the new offense, Todd Munkin being able to call plays for him and letting him be free. I'm looking forward to that. So I'm going to let that happen as well. So I'm going with the, the Baltimore Ravens. In the AFC South, I got to go with the Jaguars. The Jaguars are a team. They were they have teams on the ropes last year. I think Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, if you hadn't noticed, I think the keys to having a successful season is a quarterback and a head coach. And I think these guys are in sync. Doug Peterson with, with Trevor Lawrence, what they were able to do last year, the team starting to believe in themselves and had a huge change after last year. Uh, the year before with Urban Meyer, who, by the way, have y'all seen Swamp Kings? Urban Meyer is trying to set himself up to uh, be that guy. He's trying to set himself up to try to whitewash himself so he can be back in the limelight. I see what you're doing there, Urban Meyer. You're still phony to me, but I see what you're doing. So I'm going with the Jacksonville Jags. And in the AFC West, until y'all can beat Kansas City, it's Kansas City all the time. That's that's to me is what we're going with. Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas City. In order to be the man, you got to beat the man. And Kansas City is the man. So going to the NFC West, 49ers, 49ers, 49ers. I know Seahawks are trying to make some noise. Uh, but the 49ers are the team to beat. Now the Rams, McVay, Super Bowl, got uh, Matthew Stafford back. So he believes that he can do that. But I'm not buying into the hype just yet. I'm not going to do that just yet. I got to see it to believe it. And what I've seen from the 49ers is that defense travels. They got a smart quarterback that, that doesn't turn the ball over in Brock Purdy, which who thought we would be thinking like that? But I'm looking at it. Brock Purdy is, is won that job. They traded Trey Lance to my Dallas Cowboys, traded away a bunch of picks to get Trey Lance, and then they end up trading Trey Lance. So they believe in him as well. So I'm looking at the 49ers to win the West again. Eight, the NFC South is interesting to me. Atlanta, uh, they got the new new toy in my man Bijan Robinson. They got a good offensive mind. They got good scheme over there. Still don't know what Desmond Ritter is going to be. But I am going with the New Orleans Saints in that division. The Saints, because of the fact they got Derek Carr, and I know a lot of people love to hate on Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback, and you put him around a team like he does with New Orleans, with the playmakers that he has, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas. Hey, Michael Thomas is back, guys. Michael Thomas is back. Let's see what happens with that, but I'm all in on that. And I think that this team, Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended for a little while, but I believe that he's going to be uh, an, an effective part of the success of this team. So I can't wait to see what the Saints are going to do. So I got the Saints coming out of the South. And the NFC North, this is one of those dog fights, the Bears, the Lions, the Packers, and the Vikings. The Vikings may win by default, as someone said earlier today. My man Dave at ATX512, he thinks that they're going to win by default. But I also think that the Lions, as we were talking about, is a team to be reckoned with. I think tonight, we're not going to put too much stock in it. If they go out there and win, great. If they go out there and lose, cool too. But I just want to make sure that you sit and believe in what you see tonight. Do you think that this team can continue to grow with what they've seen, what they did last year? Because I think they're talented. And I think Dan Campbell, even though I thought it was a joke at the very beginning of him being hired in that position, 
I wasn't sure if that was going to be the right move to make, but it seems to be that that works for them. So I'm excited to see what they're going to be able to do uh, tonight. And then you look at the Packers, Packers with uh, Jordan Love being the new quarterback. As we talked about before, Aaron Rodgers with the New York Jets, the new era in Green Bay is with Jordan Love. The reports sound like he's been doing a better job and he's getting everything figured out. But at what point do you believe that he can be better? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes sitting on the bench does make you better. Aaron Rodgers did it for a while. So did Jordan Love. So did uh, Patrick Mahomes. He had to sit out. So there will be some growth by him, but I'm not sure that it'll be enough that they can go and try to win a title. We will see what type of coach they have over there since they don't have Aaron Rodgers. Let's see what he's able to do. And then, of course, the NFC East, the place where all these different teams, they don't have the same repeat winner in the NFC East as much as they do in some of these other leagues like the AFC West. So I'm sitting here today and I'm looking at my Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Giants, football Giants, and of course, the Washington Commanders. Mm, mm, mm. Everybody's looking at Philadelphia and saying, hey, you are returning to the Super Bowl. You are going to win the NFC East. Not so fast, my friend. I'm rolling with the Dallas Cowboys. No, it is not a homer pick. It is not. A, okay, maybe maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit if it is a homer pick. But to be honest with you, I believe that the Dallas Cowboys have turned over a quote-unquote new leaf. And what I mean by that is they are going to be a defensive-minded football team. They are a team that is going to be led by their defense. No doubt about it. Micah Parsons looked at what uh, Nick Bosa got in his contract and made a call to Jerry. And he's like, Jerry, you're going to have to double up on that, baby, because I'm coming with the funk. And I talked about it yesterday. He's the prohibited favorite to be the um, defensive player of the year. So let's hope that happens. But I'm going with the Cowboys. And that is what I'm riding with in the AFC East. So to recap real quick before we get my man Storm and Norman Watkins on the show here in just a minute, talk about this football game in Alabama this weekend. I got the Buffalo Bills winning the East, AFC East. I've got the Ravens winning the AFC North. I have the Jags winning the AFC South. I have Kansas City repeating in the West. In the NFC West, I got the Cow. I mean, uh, the 49ers winning that. I've got the Saints winning the South. I've got the – I'm going with the Lions. I'm going with the Lions winning the North. And then, of course, I'm going with my Dallas Cowboys. Not a homer pick. Not a homer pick. But I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys to win this uh, division. And before we join my man Norman Watkins coming on to the show, let me tell you about the great folks over at Covert Bee Cave. I will be doing my show tomorrow at Covert Bee Cave location. It's nestled on 42 acres in the hill country in Bee Cave, Texas. The Covert Bee Caves has three state-of-the-art dealerships carrying seven brands. That is Buick, GMC, 
Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and of course, Ram. In addition to the other brands, they also have a Ford uh, Covert in Huddle and, and Ford Lincoln in Austin off of 183. I actually got my car serviced there. They got it back to me. Great job. They got it back quickly. Uh, Covert B Cave is something for everyone. Covert B Cave services all makes and models. Then they have 86 service bays. So your, your wait time will be minimal. Go to covertbcave.com to find out the latest specials and the inventory or stop by and see them. Make sure you come out there. I'll be out there tomorrow. Michael Griffin will be out there signing autographs, doing a meet and greet. I believe Bucky will be out there. They're going to try to bring out all the shows out there. So make sure you hang around and get it popping. But right now, let's get my man, Norman Watkins. Storming Norman Watkins is in the house. Norm, what's happening, baby? Norm? Can you see me, Norm? <laughs> Norm, you in? Let me bring him back in. Hold on one sec. Let me tell him. Norm, can you hear me, bro? Are you just Can clicking? you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. So you got your headset? <laughs> or, let's see. You're unmuted, so you're good to go. As we get Norm ready to go, let me see if he gets it going. As we get him ready to go, Stormin' Norman is a former uh, Texas Longhorn. He is, you good, Norm? He was on the 1991 football team. He played at University of Texas from 91 to 94. He is uh, a good friend of mine. He's been around the program for such a long time, and he knows so many different things. And we're trying to get my man dialed in here as we can. You good, Norm? I don't even know if he can see me. Oh, we took him out of there. He's going to sign back in. But anyway, Norm was on uh, the University of Texas football team when they had that big play on the goal line against uh, Oklahoma. And everybody always talks about Stoney Clark, the Stoney Clark play. But if you go back and you look at that play and see how it was made, Norm Watkins was there. My guy Thomas Baskin was there. And, of course, the main guy, Stony Clark, Stony Cakes, as we always like to call him. He started making those Stony Cakes. Uh, but yeah, you sit there and you look at this weekend and you want to talk about the Texas Longhorns taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide at Bryant-Denny Stadium. But you sit there and you think about this game and everybody wants to talk about, you know, the lines of scrimmage, which rightfully so, both lines of scrimmage need to play a little bit better, definitely for the Texas Longhorns on the offensive side of the ball. You want to see how your playmakers are going to be able to match up. And I've heard a lot of people talk about the running game and will, will Texas be able to run the ball? And I firmly believe that Texas can run the ball. They're going to have to try to find a way to make things happen. And I want to see the push that we didn't see from last week. I, that's what I want to see. Let's see if we can get my man Norm back into the mix. I know he's looking for all this other stuff on there. Norm, you good? <laughs> he's still, I can't even find him. I hear buttons clicking, but I'm going to see what I can do with him. Uh, he's still working on that. But yeah, the line of scrimmage is going to be the most important part of that for me. 
And as they continue to figure out who's going to start, who's not going to start, what's going to happen next, I just need to see how these guys are going to react and if they're ready to go. Let me text Norm real quick to see if he's ready. Sorry about that, folks. We got technical difficulties from my man Storm and Norman and seeing if he's ready to go. Let me check. Norm, you good? Cannot unmute guests. The mic isn't connected. Let me see. Oh, that's what it is. Your mic isn't connected, bro. But I don't think he can hear me. Sorry, folks. I'm trying to get this working for my man. We may end up having to call him or something, or he might have to do something different. Anyway, as I sit with this, this movement right here, as you can see, my man, Norm Watkins, is sitting in there. I'm going to remove him from here. Anyway, as we get ready to look at this game, some of the keys for me is going to be definitely the line of scrimmage. Who's going to get the positive push? Who's going to be able to make the moves? Who is going to stand out on the offensive line where we saw Kelvin Banks, who didn't play that well last week, to, to his standard? I didn't think he played awful, but I don't think he played to his standard. As I think Coach Sark brought up, the highest graded offensive lineman was um, – was, Christian Jones, the older player. So it's always one of those deals where you want to see your guys get better week to week. As anything else, it's week to week improvement. It's week to week um, growth. It's week to week learning how well you are going to, to perform. Who can handle those pressure? The crowd noise is going to be something that I don't know if all these guys are able to handle right away. That's going to be an important part for me as well. Let's see how rowdy both of these teams are going to be. Well, not Texas anyway, because Texas fans, I think we only are a lot at 5,000 tickets, but you're also going to have a lot of guys that are traveling, a lot of people that have been traveling there as well. And so I am trying to figure out who is going to rise to the occasion on that offensive line. You have a very seasoned center in Jake Majors. Who needs to step his game up? You also have Cole Hudson, who I've heard is back at practice, and he's been able to go out there and do the things that they've expected of him. And now you're looking to see who is going to take that next step, whether it be Christian Jones getting better. How well is DJ Campbell going to play? It's probably going to be muggy in Alabama as well. So you're going to end up having to rotate different people in and out. And let's see if my man has switched it up real quick. Norm, you in? Norm, are you? No, I don't hear you. Hit your microphone, bro. Still can't hear you. I still can't hear you. I'm trying. I see you. I don't hear you. Can you hear me? Let's see what happens. I'm trying different things here. Turn your, click your button on the side. See if that works. Still nothing, huh? I can't hear you, bro. 
So let's see what happens here. I unmuted you, your guest. It says, cannot unmute your guest. Their mic is not connected. Let's see if we can get you in a different one. I'm going to remove you out of that. We're going to have to figure something out. I'll get, I'll get somebody to call you in just a second. I'll get you connected in a second. But remove them. So we're gonna we're gonna end up trying to get Norm on here in just a minute. Something's wrong with his phone. He got some technical difficulties, so I don't know how to get him back on there just yet. So we're gonna work on that as well. But I, what I really wanted to talk about too, when you start looking at this University of Texas football team, is is this going to be a game that we see um, Quinn Ewers take that step that we thought he was going to be able to do last week? Is he going to be able, um, because of that, is he going to be able to be that guy that has that in his mindset that he's ready to take that next step? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he is. I need him to make sure that he is the next guy that can take that step to be able to be that potential first round pick, because let's not forget the conversation about Quinn Ewers was he was going to be a first round pick in the NFL. And again, I don't think he played bad last week. I don't think he might've missed the throw here. And as we talked to Michael Felder uh, yesterday in the bleachers, he was talking about it too. He said, I don't think Quinn played a bad game. I don't think Quinn played an awful game. I just think that Quinn just missed some throws that we were expecting him to make. He hit a flat route with uh, Jonathan Brooks that Jonathan Brooks didn't make the catch. And the biggest thing for me that I've said, if your offensive line is not going to get that push that you were expecting from the very beginning, set up your screen game. Set up your screen game. I've been begging for the screen game. For years, I've been begging for Quinn to run a little bit more than what he was doing. But I most importantly, I want to see us run more screens. And I'm not talking about the screens to the sideline. I'm talking about those screens where the backs come out of the backfield. You let turn them loose. They get in and they get behind them big offensive linemen. That is what I want to see. We're going to try this one more time to see if I can get to my man Norman Watkins and see if he's ready to go. I'm praying that this works. Norm, you there, brother? Still can't hear you, dog. You there, I see you. Cannot hear you. No, Norm, I need you, bro. I need you, something is wrong with your volume. Check your volume, bro. Are you on your phone? Are you on your... You got a Bluetooth? You got a headset? You got something? Let's see what we could get. I'm going to have to put you on the speakerphone, doc. That's what's going to end up happening. Let me see. I'm going to call you. Good call right there. Putting him on the speaker. Hold on. We're just going to put I don't even know if, how did, if this is going to work. Let me call him now. I'm sorry. This is awful TV and awful radio. But we're in a bad situation because I'm trying to get some information from my boy, Norm Watkins. And uh, let me just get him on the FaceTime. Hold on.
Hey, Norm, I'm just going to have to put you on a regular situation. I'm going to use you on the phone right now because for some reason your phone wasn't picking up. I couldn't hear you. I could see you. I could see you. But I'm just going to go ahead and pull you up on this and have you talking to the microphone. So Norman Watkins, former Texas defensive end, outside linebacker, he has been balling for all his life. That's what you do. But my biggest question for you as a former player and somebody that is really close to this program, what has what has impressed you over the last couple, two seasons? Go ahead and into season three. And then give me your thoughts about what you saw on th- this past weekend against Rice. Hey, Hart, don't appreciate it. My apologies for technical difficulty. But listen, I think uh, your first question, right, what's impressed me the last two years? Number one, recruiting. And number two, the development of the kids that are in the program. And even the kids that Sark inherited, they've gotten significantly better. And more importantly, the kids that he's bringing in are kids that have really begun changing the culture. And I'll tell you this, winning is a learned trait. And unfortunately, here at the University of Texas for the last 10 plus years, we haven't had great. And so I think he's been able to change the culture, specifically where where it was a coach-led team to now a players-led team to where we're at now, to where we're starting to see some things turn. Obviously, as a fan and as a, a former long war, we want to see this done like yesterday. But what I have seen in the last two years is an alignment at the highest levels from our president, Jay Hartzell, to our wonderful CD, uh, athletic director, uh, CDC, to our head coach. I think everyone is in line, aligned to win and we're starting to see the difference, right? Obviously, the first year Sark was here, I think we went five and seven. Yep. Last year, we went eight and five. And I think last year, we easily could have had a 10 win team. We didn't play well in a couple games like Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. Those two games really, really were games we probably should have won. But then we won some close games last year, harsh that we probably would have lost previous years. So that's encouragement. But at the end of the day, right, we're here now. Yep. Opportunity meets preparation, right? And here's where we're at now. This will be the litmus test to see what type of team we have going into this weekend, Mike. Yeah, and, and that's good. I'm glad you brought that up about the litmus test. And that is why I told a lot of people, don't put too much stock in what you saw uh, this past Saturday against Rice. Um I know that I know that you know there were some situations where we tr- honestly thought uh, offensive line should have played a little bit better. There should have been some bigger plays. You still missed the deep ball, but the opportunities presented themselves uh, last week. And so for me, I didn't put too much stock into it because I want to see the litmus test as you just brought up, going to Alabama, playing against Alabama at their home field, and knowing that player for player we match up well against what what everybody looks at as a team in Alabama and what they are as their history. But now we're in a different realm, and I think player for player, and and now it comes down to coaching, right? So what you're going to do on that sideline means everything. What are your thoughts heading into this weekend with this Texas Longhorn team traveling to Alabama? 
tell last year what we could do. I mean, listen, we were at game one, but it's no more victories than winning, right? We lost a game, unfortunately, by one point last year. But what I saw last year, I was at the game, vividly watching at the game in my seat. And I saw a physical Texas team that actually believed that they could go out and compete against Alabama. That's, that hasn't been the case in the past. So this weekend, number one, what I feel good about is I believe our players believe that they can go out there and win this game. But at the end of the day, right, at the end of the day, you have to visualize making tackles, executing, making big plays, not missing a deep ball, not doing the things. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be lining up like we play Texas all year every year. But most physical teams going to win this game. You're going to have – it's going to be predicated on the trenches, what these young men do in the trenches on both offensive and defensive line, and then we're going to make some big plays. Quinn's going to have to play extremely well. And then we're going to – I tell you what, in a game like this, special teams is going to be critical. Yep. Somebody's going to make a play. Somebody's going to create some turnovers, but special teams will make one big play, and this game can be very, very, very close. Uh, and so, again, we have to go out and play significantly a lot better than we played last week, which I think we will, but it's going to start in the trenches. And I think that I firmly believe our kids know that we can match up player for player with those guys. At the end of the day, right, we just got to go and execute. Yeah, the execution part of it is, is going to be key. And that was one of the things, too, from last week's uh games you wanted to see some a cleaner not not necessarily flawless because that's impossible it's a game of football but you just wanted to see a cleaner football game well heading into it you know we've been talking a lot about texas being able to apply pressure uh to the quarterback but not getting those sacks i think the last time we had a double digit double digit uh sack performer was jackson jeffcoat and it's been a minute since then what does what do they have to do to get guys off the edge, to get into that backfield, and not only just get to the in the backfield, you got to go back there and make a play. What needs to happen? What have you seen from this team that leads you to believe that they can get to the quarterback? Well, we know they apply pressure. Last year, I think we had so many pressures, but again, missing those actual opportunities. Even in the Rice game, if you look at that game, we had a lot of pressure on the quarterback, but we missed some executing in regards to making the actual play. Now, what I think in this game, to answer your question, because we're playing the quarterback that we're playing, I'm not necessarily so concerned about the sacks this game. I'm more concerned about keeping your assignments and being playing disciplined football. Because that kid, Jalen Milrose, mm-hmm. I believe that's how to pronounce his name, that kid, if you let him get out of the pocket and if you don't keep contained, He's off to the races. He may go 30 or 50 on you. He may go 80 on you. So you have to keep containment. You have to have somebody that's firing on that kid. A guy like Anthony Hill can be critical to this game, Mike Harch, because he has the athletic ability. Just kind of how they use the kid out of LSU, the freshman that they had last year. Perkins. became a freshman All-American. Yes. You use him like that to spy on this guy because athletically – he can literally beat you with your feet athletically. And so we have to take away the run. So in my opinion, in regards to 
your question going back to what we have to do, do we have to sack the quarterback? I'm more concerned about keeping him in the court, keeping him in the pocket and making sure that he is throwing the ball because he's not a proven thrower yet. Even though he had a great game last week and he threw the ball, but if you if you watch that game last week, he killed those he killed that team on those, he killed that team with his feet. And so in this game, he's gonna make some plays with his feet. We have to make sure that we keep our assignments tight and be very disciplined and not let him get out to the outside and make sure that we push him to the inside so he has to, if he's going to have to run, he's going to have to run in between those tackles and get some big work we have, like Alfred Collins, Baron Sword, uh, 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 guys like Devon Sweat, who had a great game, and Byron Murphy and those guys. I'd rather him going in there trying to run against those guys versus those kids outside containment, and then he has all those lanes to run. Yeah, that's going to be a huge matchup watching how they decide to attack him because everybody talks about his running ability, but he can throw the football. I know last year people wants to look at the numbers and say that he wasn't a good quarterback. This is a guy that was once committed to the University of Texas, who I was excited about, who ended up being recruited to Alabama by Coach Sark. So Coach Sark understands the value and the talent that um, – Jalen Milrow has as a quarterback. And of course, you know, as well as I do, one of the biggest problems with the University of Texas is being able to control those running quarterback, those quarterbacks that have the ability to run. If you're a mobile quarterback and you give yourself a chance to, as you said, break that containment, that that is something that Texas has had a little bit of trouble with in the past. Now, it's a new year, as they always say, new year, new me. So I want to see what they are able to do when they get a chance to get on the field. I know that you're traveling to uh, Tuscaloosa and you will be in the house at that football game. What is your prediction as we speak right now on Thursday? I think it's going to be a game in the late, in the, in the 28, 35 range. Okay. Somewhere in there. I'm predicting us to win the game. Uh, by a touchdown or possibly a field goal. Okay. Uh, now, I say that, uh, but this game can go either way. These are two evenly matched physical teams, but the team that goes out and executes and makes the less turnovers and be physical, this team's going to win. I really think a kid like, back to kind of what we were talking about, we're going to need to have a spy on Jalen Milrose, a kid like Anthony Hill that can match up athletically against him and let him just kind of spy him because I can guarantee you they have a plan to where he's going to be taking off and running the football. I really think we have a very strong secondary, so I think we're going to be able to match up very well receiver-receiver-wise on the corners, but the key here is going to see how we're going to – how are we going to really have a chess game against the quarterback and some of the things that he's going to do because he's going to have some plays directly – running the football, and I think that's going to be a key to our success. Now, if we can get out there and play like Quinn played before he got hurt last year, man, it could be a super exciting game, and I think we can go out there and win this game. So I'm predicting, back to what you asked me, I'm predicting uh, like a 35 to 28 game. I don't see a low-scoring game. I see a game that each team is going to score at least four to five touchdowns each. 
Oof, I like it. I like it. I like the fact that you called it a victory as well, because I, you know, I wouldn't expect anything less from my boy picking going going for his squad, especially making that trip out to Tuscaloosa and you you coming out there to mean some business. Uh Norm, as always, bro. I'm sorry we had these technical difficulties. We will have you on again where you will be able to show your perfect smile so the so the ladies can get a little bit of that action too. Because we got some ladies that like to look over here. We like some ladies that like to look. So I want to make sure that the ladies get a chance to see that smile. As always, man, I love chopping it up with you. Have some safe travels, and I will see you when you get back. And hopefully, we're all talking about hooking with that dub. Show he's the best of business. I want to support you. I look forward to doing more with you. And let's go get that win. Hook All right, baby. There he is, my man, Storm and Norman Watkins. He was number one in your heart, and he was number one in your scorebook. But my man is breaking it down like no other. It's it's kind of like that conversation when you get around an offensive guy. They're going to tell you every way that they can beat him, but a defensive guy always wants to tell you how he's going to hurt somebody, and that's the part that I love. But I'm going to tell you what else you love. You need, you need to love the folks over at AV Consultation. It's that time. Football season is here. We got the big game tonight. A lot of people may not have the right cable provider to be able to see it. But if you do and you still want to make sure you get your home theater or your beautiful, beautiful big screen TV so all your friends can come over and be talking about how big you are in your crib, Make sure you go check out the folks at Audio Visual Consultation. Give them a call, 512-255-8678, and let Tom and his crew hook you up. That's right. I use the word hook up, hook them. That's why you make sure you hit them up. Check them out online at abconsultations.com. There's so many different things that uh, you sit there and you think about what is going to happen. You talked about, Norm just broke it all down for you letting you know what his thoughts are. He predicts that the Horns are going to win. And I just want to make sure that everybody has that same feeling. So throughout the week, we're going to continue to have these conversations. We're going to continue to talk about <clears throat> our predictions. Tomorrow we'll be out at Covert BK. Uh, I'm definitely going to be there doing the show from out there. I know Trey and BK are going to do their show from out there. I don't know if Chip and Zay are going to be. I think Chip is actually going to be on the road. So I don't know if he's going to be able to make it, but I definitely believe that all these folks are on, are looking at this game the exact same way. Who is going to be the guy that makes a play? This is a game that you can put yourself on the map physically, but most importantly in the eyes of the scouts, But and these fans will be there rowdy and ready to go. This is going to be our lives moving forward. This is what is going to happen in the SEC. All the games are going to be this intense. All the games are going to bring this kind of energy. I mean, I'm not saying anything about the Big 12, but I remember when we had season tickets, it was like, man, which game was everybody really wanting to go to? Yeah, you want to go and support the team, regardless of who's going to be out there. But as you sit and you watch these games and you're paying for these tickets, you're like, man, no, this is not going to be a good game. This is not going to – well, now – Every game is a big game, and it is going to be fun. So you're going to get a taste of it this weekend for all those fans that are going there. College game day is making that trip out there. The excitement, the pageantry of college football, there's nothing else like it. I know the NFL starts tonight, and we talked a little bit about that a little while ago, but there are so many different things that you look at in football season, and no matter who's playing, 
We had big upsets last weekend. People, Baylor in, in Texas State, Texas State goes out there and gets that victory. But now they got a big game going to UTSA. So no matter who you're rooting for, football season is upon us. And I am so excited to be a part of this, this, this network with Texas Sports Unfiltered. I'm excited to be talking about this every single day with you. I, I thank you all for subscribing and liking these videos and making sure that uh, we are are pushing out good content. So we appreciate that. I know um, we had technical difficulties. And if you've been in this industry and doing this live, you know that there's going to be some difficult times, but we adjust. And that's what we do. That's what professionals do. And everybody needs to have a little bit of dog in them. Like my man, Norman Watkins, he had that dog in him. I told you about the big play. But a year, uh, a few years ago, there was a coach at Coastal Carolina that was talking about he needed some dogs in him. And this is the anniversary of this famous rant. Trying to get our two boys ready to carry them to the golf tournament for practice, right? 12 cats live across the road. Our door's open. Screen's broke. We need to get a new screen door. But the screen's broke. So you can come in through the screen, but you can't get back out of it. I turn and look. There's a little kitty cat in our in our kitchen so i said what are you doing in here little kitty cat by that time eh, the cat turns tries to get back out that screen won't go that way cat starts going all crazy and i told our players we need more dogs bo's barking in the back i have to go shut bo up mel's like what's going on i said it's a cat in the house cat in the house i said yeah there's a cat in the house so i told our players i tried to let it out the front door the cat's still going crazy in there and i told our players you need to be more like a dog we don't need a bunch of cats in here yeah, looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. We need more dogs. And you know who's going to bring that dog? This team, the Texas Longhorn. This is where we find out this week who's going to be dogs. And do we have cats? You know, you talk about looking in the mirror, making sure you look good. Yeah, but if you look good, you feel good. And if you feel good, you play good. And if you play good, they pay good. That's prime time for you right there, baby. But that is the truth. You have to go out there and have that dog in you. And I think Texas Longhorns have a lot of dogs on this team. But some of them just need to be lifted up. And guess game right here, nationally televised on ESPN. Some of y'all need to find a place to find watch the game. Make sure you you check to make sure you got ESPN. And if you don't, you better go find a place quick because it is going to be live. But this is where you find out where the dogs are. This is where you find out who is ready to play. This is where you find out who do you want to be in that foxhole with every single day. Those are the types of players that the uh, Longhorns are looking for. I think they got them. We know Alabama's had them just because of their history. You know, they made a lot of changes. They recruit well, just as well and better than University of Texas. So I know we get excited. We just got a new recruit uh, yesterday as well. But you got to make sure that you put yourself in that situation. Norm said it earlier. My man, Norm Watkins, thank you again for joining us today. Norm Watkins said it best. You got to visualize yourself making plays. You have to visualize your, your assignments 
and plan it out. And then you have to adjust on the fly, just like we had to because his camera wasn't working. Well, his camera was working, but his mic wasn't. But you got to be able to adjust on the fly. And I think that is where the Texas Longhorns have done a very good job of start to finish or start to halftime is one thing. Coming out of half, they came out and scored three quick touchdowns in the second half, but didn't do anything in the fourth. This is going to be a fourth quarter game. So what adjustments are you going to be able to make from game to game, play to play, assignment to assignment, and visualizing how you win this game? Those are the types of things that I know Coach Sark is addressing. I know that the position coaches are addressing. And tomorrow, I will give you my keys. I will give you the players that I think are going to be the most impactful, not named X-Men, not named Quinn Ewers, and not named Jalen Ford. Because I know those guys are going to be prepared and ready to go. But who is going to be the other players that are going to step up and help this University of Texas football team become victorious as they make their way to what we all hope is a successful season, a succeed, a season leaving the Big 12 with a Big 12 trophy as they leave it. It's going to be impressive, and I cannot wait to, to check that all out. Uh, thank you all again today for, for joining me, as always. I love it. Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Uh, they got the new text line. I'm sorry I didn't give that to y'all earlier. You know, your boy was dealing with technical difficulties, trying to get my man Storm and Norman Watkins on there. Didn't know how to get him on there. But uh, shout out to Audiovisual Consultations. Shout out to Wood, Syntex Tickets. My man, Mike Murphy over at Lance, Stan Hats, Covert BK, Brain Vault, Allstat, Relax the Back, Top Gun, and 7-Eleven. And as we get ready to continue to move on to my man Trey and BK as they come up next, I want y'all to always remember, don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar. Thanks again for kicking it with me one more time. And there he is, the man with the plan, the man, the mastermind, the mastermind. Hey. Your microphone works, doesn't it, BK? Hey, you're the mastermind for finding a way to figure out how to get Norm on the show. I saw you hustling over there, man. I was like, man, I was like, you know what? Somebody hit me up on there. They said, just put him on. Javi, Javier told me, he's like, hey, just put him on speakerphone. Ha ha. And I was like, great idea right there. Man. Great idea. We, we, I didn't realize uh, I hired you to be our engineer too. But uh, <laughs> the more you That's know. That's a pay raise, man. That's a pay raise. <laughs> Hey, go, uh, go, go enjoy that piano back there in that corner. What's, uh, what do you, you know, got? Got, Beethoven got my Beethoven bit? going today. I got my Beethoven going today. That's awesome. Right. Man. As always, brother, I appreciate you. And I'll be out at Covert Bee Cave tomorrow doing the show live. So I want to make sure that everybody is getting it in. Absolutely. My man BK, appreciate you, brother.